Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. My guest this week is second-year defensive end Isaac Rochelle, and trust me when I tell you that we really do cover it all in 30 minutes. From photography and Fortnite to filling in for Joey Bosa, Isaac was fantastic on a variety of topics. I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know him off the field. So without further ado, here's Isaac Rochelle. All right, welcome into episode six of Backstage Chargers, and I was excited for this one. Isaac Rochelle joins me. Isaac, what's up, bud? Nothing much. Just got out of practice. Excited to be here. Yeah, we were just talking about a lot of different things. This, I think this conversation could go a variety of ways. Megan here, Megan, our, our social extraordinaire, rocking the Yeezys. How many, how many guys have Yeezys on the team? Uh, I would say a lot do, and coming from Notre Dame and then Georgia, like, I really didn't even see Yeezys like until I got to the NFL. But yeah. everybody has a pair of Yeezys. I'm a huge Kanye fan. It's a first you have a thing pair? I commented on. Do no. You? Okay. I don't, which is frustrating. But but Megan has them, which I'll live vicariously through her. So <laughs> for now, I do have a pair of Yeezys because she has a pair. So we have a lot to talk about. You talked about photography, and I want to get into a bunch of different things. But let's just start with the season. The quarter point. Uh, this will have come out right after the Raiders game. But I, I want to go back to your first career interception. Yeah. The game sealer, essentially. Derwin with that huge hit on C.J. Beathard. Yeah. Ball gets into your hands. Just take me through that play, man. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a classic. Like, when stuff like that happens, it happens in slow motion. And uh, the ball really just landed in my hands, what we like to call a layup. Like, make your layups, that's what they always say. Yeah. Landed in my hands, and I just remember thinking, like, I've never had this situation, and I was like, all right, I might as well run. So I took off. Melvin's in front of me telling me to, like, let's go, let's go. We take it to um, the house? Yeah, I'm like, well, you need to get out of my way so I can get there. But uh, it's just a cool moment. Like, as a D lineman, as a big boy, like, that's a dream yeah. to catch an interception. Uh, so I was super excited about it. At any level, you've never caught an interception? N- never. Middle school, high school, college. Uh, and it's always like something you like dream about literally like you wake up before a game and you're like wow I got an interception in my dream last night like let's see if that happens Uh, so it was really cool that I got it you said slow motion but that play happened so bang bang did it just like you just realized it was in your hands and yeah well I just saw the ball (laughs) grabbed it and took off but it's crazy too just crazy how football works like I wasn't even supposed to be playing the shade at the time like where the nose guard is um and it just like it just happens, and like I said, like make your layups when they come to you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was cool. You fast forward, you know, you get drafted by the Chargers in the seventh round. Uh, you get your first action in the NFL towards the end of last year. Yeah. Um, do you ever reflect on the past year and a half and just where you are now in this moment as we get to the second quarter of this season versus just being drafted in the seventh round? Yeah. It's just such a grind. Like, I think a lot of people see the NFL and they see it from the glamorized hype perspective which is good I mean that's what makes the NFL what it is but uh, a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is for a lot of guys Um, last year was just a roller coaster like going from practice squad to playing well really playing to practice squad then back to playing Um, it was just difficult it is really cool now to be where I'm at now where I'm contributing more um, and I'm in the rotation doing things Uh, And definitely, I feel like I'm more of a member of the team than I did last year. I tell practice squad guys now, it's really easy when you're in that practice squad position to feel like a walk-on. Like, Mm -hmm. you just feel like you're kind of there, but you don't really feel like 
man, like I'm a part of this team. I'm a part of us winning, which you are. Hard to feel that way though. Yeah. Uh, so now it just feels really good to like, all right, this is my team. Let's ride. Let's win these games. Let's win a Super Bowl. Um, and you just have so much more pride. Last week, Damian Square was on the podcast, and we had a similar conversation because he went undrafted. He went to Alabama. He went undrafted. He had nine guys from Alabama get drafted that year. Seven of them are out of the league. He's still grinding. He's yeah. still in the mix. He's still a big part of this football team. Do you take stories like that and, and you know apply that to, to your career and just, I guess, really for added motivation? Yeah. I mean, I always tell myself, and again, I tell practice squad guys and guys that are struggling – Everybody has their own path. And the NFL is made up of, what, like 60 or 70%, like fifth round and later. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just part of the process. Um, unless you are a first-round guy, you're inevitably going to deal with some type of adversity that's super frustrating. And, again, everybody has a different journey. Journey. Everybody has a different process. Um, so I definitely lean on guys like Square who have been through that. And they can look back and be like, bro, chill out. It'll be all right. Keep yeah. grinding. It's a it's a marathon, right? And, no and every day is a grind. And you say, you know, we're talking about Yeezys. All the guys have Yeezys. Just the, the glamour of the NFL. It's not always glamorous. People don't see the Definitely. grind from Monday to Sunday. Yeah, they don't. They only see Sunday. They only see Sunday. They see the posts and they see all the stuff that's hype. And that's, again, what makes the NFL the NFL. Um, I think it's the mystery and the excitement of seeing like these big name guys being uh, shown on these different platforms like Instagram and NFL Network and whatever it may be. But I mean, it is a grind. And like we've talked about and we're talking about now, like it's a grind for a lot of guys and a lot of guys don't have the get drafted first round immediately super rich mm -hmm. immediately playing like it's it's a battle for a lot of guys and this league can change on a dime really week by week you know joey's injury really the uh, clear example that's applicable to you when joey went down did that accelerate the process for you of being a pro knowing that hey it's next man up and i'm that next man yeah I mean, you look at this first regular season game against Kansas City I started. If you look at it uh, just from the simplest perspective, four preseason, or not four preseason, but four regular season games earlier, I was just coming to the facility as a practice squad guy. Wow. Four games later, I'm starting. Um, so it definitely accelerates the process. Again, it's part of the process. Um, and there's just so much growth that comes from those type of situations absolutely well let's go back growing up you grew up in atlanta right so, outside atlanta yeah 20 minutes south of atlanta mcdonough nobody knows mcdonough but uh it's just your classic southern town yeah south it, of atlanta so it's about what 20 minutes outside atlanta yeah i mean that's that's probably a little quicker i mean with traffic it could take anywhere from 30 to an hour but I'm like 20 miles from Atlanta. What was it like growing up there? And did you did you play other sports than football? Yeah, so I played basketball. Like AAU did all that. Really? Uh, what was, yeah, was what was nice. your what was, was your first nice. love? Was football your first love, or was hoops? Basketball for sure. Really? Uh, I've played basketball my whole life. Football, I didn't start playing till middle school, um, and really only started playing because my brother played. My big brother and I'm like, I want to do what he's doing, so I want to play football. Um, but hoops, like. I love basketball. Yeah. I still do. We've talked about Kobe. Like, I'm a yeah. huge Kobe fan. Um, I just love the game. But I, I did track, basketball, and football, obviously. So was Kobe that, again, a few weeks ago, Virgil was on the podcast, and he talked about how Kobe was 
his guy. That was the guy growing up yes. for him. And that really instilled the work ethic and the mentality that you really need to have to excel as a professional athlete. Yeah. I don't know that I looked at it that deep. For me, it was just um, like part of being a kid and having like this euphoric love of sports experience. Like Kobe was at the forefront of that. Um, you know, like you shoot a basketball in the garbage can, you're like, Kobe. Yeah. Like, just classic stuff like that. People uh, don't realize like how much an iconic sports figure can shape someone's childhood um from a sports perspective obviously so that's what he was for me like i watched every lakers game i was just a huge kobe fan were you a lakers fan or a kobe fan it was a kobe fan okay yeah and inevitably fisher all these other guys i started to like too gasol um but i was a kobe fan the nba is one of those leagues where like i grew up I grew up a David Robinson fan. Shout out to Megan. So, by the way, Megan comes from the Spurs. Spurs. So she was with the Spurs for a while. So she's got her, her Manu and Tim Duncan stories. But I, I grew up a Robinson fan, and I got to see Kobe close up. And then you see what Virgil was talking about, just that, that work ethic and that mentality that you have to have to excel. So, okay, so NBA, I get it. You kind of follow the players. What about football? Were you a Falcons fan? Yeah, a little bit, but uh... – Again, like I really was sold out to like watching the NBA. Um, I liked football because it's America's game. Like it's always fun to watch. But uh, I really was like I'm not joking when I tell you like I loved basketball. So I was really just I'm watching the Lakers. Did you have a path towards like hey maybe one day I can make it to the league like NBA aspirations? Yeah, yeah I mean I was like the classic little kid like what do you want to be when you grow up NBA and everybody's telling me you need to have a backup plan I'm like no I'm going to the NBA. <laughs> uh, backup plans football. <laughs> yeah like backup plans the NFL casually <laughs> but uh, no I mean I'm happy to be in the NFL but definitely NBA was like I want to do that. Starting five of Chargers players I know you're going to put yourself in that starting five who who are the four around you? I don't the thing is I don't know who's good like who's really good because I haven't really played. I know Keenan's really good, so I'm immediately gonna put him at my three spot. Okay. What are you playing? Are you playing five or four? I'm gonna play four. Okay. I could rotate in at three, but I think Keenan would embarrass me at three. I'm gonna put myself at the four, five. It's tough because I don't. I mean, like our tallest guy is like what Scoff. I don't know if Scoff's good at basketball, but I'm gonna go Joe Barksdale. Okay. Because he's got really good feet. Keep in mind, you know, it's a positionless game now, too. I mean, you you know. That's true. You but can, you need a big body. Yeah, you, you need, need a body. you need a presence. Okay. At the one, I don't I'm I'm kind of stuck. I don't know. Cause I don't know who's super good at one. Uh I'll throw Casey in there because he probably threw himself in there. <laughs> and then at the two, I feel like stribbling is like sneaky athletic. Yeah. I have no Can clue. he shoot? I don't know, but I have like faith in this man. Even though he went to Michigan, I have faith in this man. So he'd be my two. Okay, so we got Rochelle at the four. So it's Casey one, Strip two, Keenan at the three, me at the four. I think I'm going to actually sub out Joe. Sorry, Joe. And I'm going to throw Mel in there. I feel like Mel would be just like a... That's, that's smart. Mel? Ingram, right? Yeah, Ingram. Because okay. I feel like Mel would just be like competing. Like, he'd be your enforcer. He's probably going to use all of his fouls. He's an unbelievable athlete. <laughs> and he's super athletic. So, I'd put him at the five. Yeah, you get six fouls out of him. Yeah, all six. You get six out of me. Keenan would probably score most of our points. Casey, we'll see. Strib, again, we'll see. But I have faith in throwing him. A, throwing a six-man for good measure. Six-man. 
I feel like Landrum is low key good too. I'd probably throw Landrum in at my at my six man. There you go. Yeah, I like that. I'm kind of sleeping on like Mike Will though. I feel like Mike Will was really good. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm yeah. Now I'm like, wait, let me think about our receivers. I feel like Virgil would low key be a good five too because he just seems like he would smack somebody and use all six of his fouls too. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I want to be fouled by Virgil Green. Yeah, but you need that. You need the enforcer. Who played basketball in college? Who? Antonio Gates. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> duh. He was I only see a roster. He was only in the elite. Eight. Yeah, that's not fair to Isaac. He, he didn't have a roster. roster. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. when he was playing, I was in elementary school. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. He, All right, well, we completely messed this up then. We, <laughs> we got Gates, we got Virgil, we forgot about, but I, I think. We can, we can Fill out an NFL team. We, we, got, we got 15 guys. Yeah. That's fun. What did, he, what did Casey say? Casey said himself, Keenan, Melvin Ingram, Antonio Gates, and Tevi at center. Oh, Tevi would be nice, too. He's got good feet. I feel like you guys can go 12 deep at this point. That's what I'm saying. We can, yeah, we have a whole roster. We have a whole squad out there. Have you been to Sable Center? Yeah. yeah I Lakers need to game? go see LeBron play, though. Yeah. I you, need to go see LeBron play. Have you gone to, to a Clippers game? No. Okay. It's no. it's like a, it's a totally different vibe. It's the same arena. It's just a different vibe. Yeah, I actually went to the Staples Center for All Star Weekend though, so I didn't actually go for a game. But I like you guys don't understand how much of a Lakers fan I was, Kobe fan. So like when I was in Staples Center, it was like it was a moment for me. Like I was really excited to be in Staples Center. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I'm like I've watched so many games. There's nothing like a Friday night at Staples Center because I always tell everybody. When you go, it's not a game; it's an event. Yeah. You know, people go because it is an event. They got the the special lights. It's like a Broadway show, no doubt. And now it's going to be, I mean, times ten with with, with twenty three there. Yeah, yeah. And he deserves it. He's a great player. Uh, like I always think, if I had a kid, like I would be like, watch LeBron. The way he competes, the way he carries himself, he doesn't get in trouble. Which it's a shame that that's even like a conversation that he doesn't get in trouble. Yeah, it's kind of the standard now, but. Uh, yeah, he's just a great guy. He's manages money well. Like I love LeBron. He does a really good job. So football, you said you started in middle school. What made you start football, and what made you stick with it? Yeah. So again, like my brother was doing it, so I was like, all right, I might as well. I'm so a, sibling, I, you have how many siblings? Do you have just one. Okay. Yeah, he played at the Air Force Academy, and now he works in the Air Force uh, in Colorado Springs. But I started playing because of him. Um, played seventh, eighth grade, got to high school and didn't play that much and like I was the guy on the middle school teams and when I wasn't playing in high school it was really frustrating classic ninth grader getting in my feelings so I actually was really (laughs) close to quitting like and I was like I'm just gonna do basketball uh because like I'm good at basketball football is like kind of like my second love uh but my dad always preached like if you start something you need to finish it so fortunately i finished finished the season and kept playing football and then now i am where i am those values though you know for your parents when you look back at that had you quit football where would you be you know who knows i mean it's you're right like it's simple stuff like that that you don't think about when you're in ninth grade of course you look back and you're like dang like i really probably wouldn't be playing for the chargers and be in the nfl if it wasn't for that simple principle um and it stood with me like forever all right a quick break and then part two of my conversation with isaac rochelle you're listening to the backstage chargers podcast presented by toyota 
want to tell you about a rare chance for you and a guest to join the Chargers on the field before kickoff. You get two tickets to a game and a special VIP meet and greet with our guys, NFL analysts Matt Money-Smith and Daniel Jeremiah. Enter for the chance to win the backstage Chargers prize pack by going to chargers.com slash win for rules and details. No purchase necessary open to Southern California area residents 18 and over. This ends January 10th, 2019. Again, go to chargers.com slash win for all the rules and details. What went into the decision to go to Notre Dame? Because that, that's storybook, man. I mean, that's Rudy. We're talking the Golden Domers. Uh, what went into that decision? I imagine you had, we had multiple scholarship yeah. offers. Yeah, I did. It was the it was like the classic recruiting process that a lot of guys that you would interview had. Um, but Notre Dame came to my school. I remember one of my teachers telling me, like, that's a big deal that they came all the way down to Georgia. It's a really good academic school. You should check it out. I was like, all right, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going SEC or ACC. Um, but my mom's from Minnesota, so she she kind of understood, like, the uh, seriousness of Notre Dame. So she made me go visit. Again, my parents coming through in the clutch because I wouldn't have went if she wouldn't have made me. Um, went up there, fell in love with it, committed, and I think it was the best decision uh, that I've ever made. I mean, people kind of hear about it, about the connects that you can make. They hear like the four for 40 Notre Dame thing, but that stuff is real. It's been really beneficial. Coach Kelly, what was the biggest piece of advice that you've probably gotten from him and that coaching staff that, that you carried over to the league? Yeah, two things. I think he always uh, harped the phrase, count on me which is kind of like cheesy, but there's just so much truth in that. I mean, you look at our team, for example, um, even like we'll use Joey going out as the example. Like when I go in there, my teammates need to count on me. So that was huge. Next man in. Well, again, same. You can use the same uh, example with a different principle. The next man in philosophy, huge in the NFL. Somebody goes down, you need to have the next man in ready to go. So those two things are something that I always remember. From year one to year two, Isaac, Eric Williams detailed this in a story about your diet. And I had Erica Capolino yeah. on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about just what guys are eating. And she said that you were one of the first players to, to go up to her and, and just kind of figure out how to how to best approach that diet. Yeah. Uh, take me through that because it's, it's interesting, man. And it's one of those things that I think has to require a lot of discipline. Yeah. Well, no doubt. And I think that's what's beautiful about any diet. I'm a huge proponent of the idea of discipline uh, as it pertains to diets, because I think if you can discipline yourself with your food and your eating, because humans love to eat good food, but if you can discipline yourself with that, it spills over into other things in your life. It's um, very true. It is. I mean, simply like my dad, uh, not to get off topic, but my dad, his life has improved because he's lost 100 pounds. And it's it's just because if you can discipline yourself with eating, just humans like simplest desire, it just spills over. But um, <clears throat> for me, the whole diet thing is just um, always continuing to be open minded to getting better. So I'm just always looking for what's going to give me the edge, what's going to make me feel the best, what's going to help me sleep the best. Um, and that's kind of what brought me to where I am. So start off with no dairy because um, there's just a lot of research that shows that dairy causes inflammation, um, that it's not really good for you. And then <clears throat> I was like, well, if I'm not doing dairy, I might as well not do meat. So uh been doing that. Now I'm starting to incorporate a little bit more meat back into my diet. Just like lean meats? Yeah. And again, it's all trial and error because it's all uh, a process of just learning what works best with me. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of what brought me to that point. It's interesting. I, you know, I'm a type one diabetic, so I'm, I'm in the same boat in that, like, you got to watch the sugars you eat, the, no the, doubt. The, the carbs you eat, the make sure that if you're eating carbs, if they're complex carbs that give you energy because you still need them. You need you, them. You gotta, you gotta have your carbs to get through your day. And I mean, especially for you, get through your workouts, get through your practices. Um, how is that trial and error gone for you over yeah, the last it's, year? It's good. I mean, it's just a process. It's, and it's really just trying new things, being open to trying new things. I think a lot of guys in the NFL uh, might work under the philosophy of this is what got me here, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. I think it's true to a degree. But you got to evolve. You got to evolve. The game evolves. We evolve. Like It's just part of uh, learning what works best for you. Um, I believe Kobe would say the same thing. You got to evolve. It's just yeah. part of the process. Um so, yeah, I think it's just a continual process. To answer your question, uh, the trial and error is is difficult because you are trying new things and you are having to change some things sometimes. But I think at the end of the day, it's just beneficial. You know who had a legendary diet? Steve Nash. Megan, do you know the, the, Man, Steve Nash's Steve diet? Nash. Yeah, Steve Nash. Because, I mean, he played until what, he was almost 39, 40. Yeah, and he was always great. He, he was always great. He was but always great. when you get older – you know, I remember seeing some of these guys. You come in and they're eating McDonald's or they're eating, you know, and like, they can do it. Doing? You could, like, you could probably, I mean, you, you 23 Isaac? No, I can't do it. You can't I, do it. <laughs> I'm not, I don't fall in that. Yeah, category. and I don't encourage you to yeah. do it. But when you're younger, though, like, that you doesn't, freestyle. it doesn't, yeah, you can freestyle yeah. a little bit. But when you're getting to like the second act of your career, the back nine, you got to alter things. And I know, Nash, it was something probably similar to what you're doing in terms of just, you know, no sugar. You know, yeah. probably no dairy and, and just a lot of veggies. Another thing that's really important with the food is like, I always think like, I'm going to be 40 one day. Like, I'm not going to be playing football when I'm 40. If I am, I'm breaking all types of records, but I probably won't be. Uh, so it's just important to set up those habits now, especially with football. This is one of the most violent games that you can play. Um, so I just think it's really important to be cognizant of what we're putting in our bodies now instead of trying to play catch up later when our knees hurt and all this random stuff. Uh, is happening um, so that's another reason why I'm really in tune with my eating so not just life after football but even hobbies like what do you what do you like to do outside the outside the lines here yeah I mean I'm big in photography uh, not so much in season because you don't have as much time um, but photography for sure in season I just chill casual Fortnite player I'm not that good <laughs> usually get killed immediately but okay uh, so photography is it is it anything specific? Is it sports? Is it? It can be whatever. I mean, I just like the idea of people looking at a picture. They can let their mind wander with what might be going on in that picture. Um, so it doesn't really matter. I like to say like candids, but candid seems like it's not a good photo. But uh, I'm big into just taking pictures of stuff that's happening. And it doesn't matter what uh, what it is. Sports, people walking down the street, random stuff. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. Um and it's really just a healthy hobby. Like, I'm not going to get in trouble doing it. I'm not going to be sore after doing it. Like, I can just go and be creative and take pictures. A lot of people are going to laugh at me when I ask you this question about Fortnite. I don't I don't know what it is, man. I And everybody's playing it. Everybody's doing it. People are dancing. I think, is Desmond's, does Desmond do these the, Fortnite yeah, dances? Out of control. Desmond does them. Yeah, out, out of catch them every day. <laughs> Every him and Mike doing these corny dances. <laughs> can, can someone give me the elevator pitch on Fortnite, please? I just, just like what it is, what it is, and like so why people are so obsessed with it. I mean, very simply, it's just a hundred people 
dropping on a map and it's just like the last like you're trying to survive to be the last person if you're the last person you win uh but are you playing with people like yeah which is what i think is cool like every time you drop into the map you're playing with people all over the world so it's not against the computer it's against like other competitors if that's what you'd want to call them but um I think it's just addicting because it just changes every time. Like, it's just a different game. The games aren't long. They're 20-minute games. For me, they're like five minutes max because yeah. I'm not good. But uh, <laughs> Watch, I'm going to try this like one time and get like fired up about it, right? <laughs> I promise you, if you play, you will continue playing. It really is like really? that addicting. Cause <laughs> that I, means I can't do it then. <laughs> no, you need to. Because I didn't have a system growing up. Never had one in college. Like, I literally You got weren't a big s- video game guy growing no. up? No. Uh, cause I just grew up in the country. Like it's just me and my brother. We're not just going to sit there and play video games. You play but, outside, right? Yeah. We go do random stuff outside. My dad, uh, would probably unplug the system if we were just sitting there playing video games anyways. But, uh, yeah. So James on when he was here, he was like, yeah, bro, you need to get a system so we can play Fortnite." Literally off season. I wasted so much time playing Fortnite, <laughs> and I regret nothing. Like it was really fun. Uh, but yeah, it's a tight game. It's a, it's a good way to just Get off your feet, though. Yeah, right? get especially, off your feet. Especially with what you guys do. Because, listen, like Buffalo, for instance, on a Saturday, like you want to get your mind off of football. You want to relax. Yeah. Like when you're on the road, when we go to Cleveland this upcoming week. I'm bringing my system. You're bringing I'm your system. I'm actually glad you said that. There you go. I'm yeah. helping you out with yeah, the checklist. Yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah, checklist. We got London after, that, uh, after that, too, Isaac. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, don't, I won't use it in London. But either way, you're right. It's just really important as an NFL athlete, or I would say for – a professional athlete in any sport to get your mind off the sport sometimes because it's all we do uh so yeah it is kind of a sneaky way to just not be thinking about football just go home and relax and it just happens to be a great game i noticed on your instagram yeah hashtag see you on sunday yeah tell me about what see you on sunday is yeah so see you on sunday is kind of uh an initiative where I really want people to just start talking about what it means to be healthy on social media. I think a lot of people, myself included, um, just kind of indulge, like, without thinking about uh, how much time we're wasting on an app, uh, without thinking about what the emotional repercussions of being on an app for an extended period of time are. Um, So I'm just, I just have the goal of having people start talking about it um so what i've done is just i've started interviewing people i've started having people send in videos i've started posting statistics um just about social media and for some people in their interviews they're not talking about negative things but it's just different perspectives of social media and the goal is for people to see that and start thinking about what their perspective is and start thinking about how much they use it. Um, so we'll see what happens with it. I'm going to keep pushing for it. Uh, and what I tell people or encourage people to do is to take Saturday off of social media. For me, it's like take Saturday off, study your playbook, relax, spend time with people who might be coming to see games. Um, and then I'll, I'll get back on, on Sunday. Is it, is it like a, an obsessiveness of like checking our phones or is it also like the negativity on social? Or is it kind of of both? I don't, well, it's interesting because I don't think most people would get on social media and say there's much negative content. If anything, I would say that we're inundated with positive content, which has negative effects on us. Mm. That makes sense. So 
I just think when you're constantly looking at people's best case scenario, you're looking at your life and you're like, well, my life doesn't look that cool. I'm not in the NFL or I'm not in whatever. Um, and it has effects on us. So I think that's what's interesting about it. Um, so like yeah. you're, you're a social expert. You, you tell me yeah, what, what you think of this, this conversation. No, this is solid. Cause when you said, you know, the best case scenario, it's, Instagram versus reality. It's me sure. staging my food and setting it up and putting it on Snapchat or wherever, but that's not our reality. It's, you know, the reality is like you see these girls posting now, it's like Instagram and then you swipe and it's their reality. Yeah. Um, you see these like pop up shops now where you just go take Instagram photos. Yeah, the IG pop up. The IG pop ups. I saw yeah. one of those yesterday. I couldn't believe it. But I think that's a really good point. And I always I always like it on Saturday, even though I'm on social media liking yeah, it. Cool. I'm not taking my break. It is my job. <laughs> Um, but I think all of this is valid and I think everyone has to step away for a minute. Even people like me who live in the space and breathe it every day. No doubt. Um, so props to you, Isaac. I think it's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I don't think anything's wrong with social media. If anything, I think social media can be like a huge benefit to a lot of people. I mean, you look at social media, like everybody now has a platform which is huge. That's cool. Like some random person in Ohio, cause we're going to Cleveland next week yeah. has a platform now, uh, which I think is important. But again, it's like, let's start talking about it. Let's start talking about what's healthy. Let's start talking about how much we're using this. Um, and let's make it more realistic. Like you're saying Instagram versus reality. Let's make it more reality. What are your plans moving forward with it, with that initiative? Yeah. Well, first off, I just want to keep doing it. I want it, uh, I want people to start getting involved. That's a really the big thing with me. Um, I'd like more people to reach out and say, like, I like this initiative, which I hope that people do like the initiative and uh, and that they want to get involved with it. Um, we'll see what happens in the off season. Uh, maybe we'll try to do something else where we organize some type of volunteer activities on Saturday. So it's like, let's get on out in the community on Saturday and let's do some different things on Saturdays. Uh, but at the end of the day, if nothing else happened, I really would just like people to start talking about what it means to be healthy on social media. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great initiative. It makes a lot of sense. Appreciate um, it. here in Los Angeles, you got a you got a big platform here. I mean, there's so no many doubt. people. How have you enjoyed living here in LA? There's there's, you know, it's the second biggest market in the country. Yeah, it's nice, and I mean specifically Orange County. I absolutely love. It's a nice vibe down here. It's a nice vibe. I mean, it's like so manicured. That's the term that Joe said. Are it's much like, closer than I am. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I live up close to the airport. I got a I got a little bit of a commute towards uh, LAX. LAX, yeah. Yeah. Closer to our new stadium. Yeah, yeah. Which that's probably hit or miss driving here. Like you could probably hit mostly an hour of traffic. Yeah, it's mostly a mess. <laughs> mostly L's. Uh, <laughs> I'm catching L's. Mostly losses. But yeah, I love it. I mean, like I grew up in country, 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 Georgia. I grew up on a farm. Like this is super nice. I live a half a mile from the beach. Doesn't get much better than that. It's great. It is. And every time I look at the beach, I'm like, people dream of living here. Like this is a dream come true, really, for a lot of people. Uh, and I could have, I could have got drafted anywhere, right? Anywhere. Uh, the taxes are expensive here, but for me, it's like, all right, that's a membership fee to being able to go to the beach to always having sunny days. So I love it. And you know, you mentioned growing up being outside all the time. There's no excuse not to be outside in, oh, in California. Oh, here, definitely not. Yeah, I think people should definitely be taking advantage of this. But it's kind of weird because you don't have to take advantage of it because sunny days are a dime a dozen. So no, for sure. It's like when you're at Notre Dame in the Midwest, if it's sunny, like, you better take advantage of it because it could be weeks. Uh, here, it's like, all right, it's sunny. I went to grad school day. in Chicago, and 
basically you got 90 days in, in, of summer and, and people are out. You know, yes. people take advantage of every single second in Chicago yeah. when it's summertime. Which it's like the funnest 90 days it's of the, the best. year. Like, oh, God, it's such a great time. It's great. And like the spring, when the spring rolls around in April and it starts getting warm and it's 40 degrees and everybody's in shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, that's like the best time of the year. But uh, but then it goes and it's seven months out of the year, straight clouds and snow. All right, we'll get you out of here on this, Isaac. This is hard for me to believe, but we go to Cleveland, go to London, got a bye week. Go to Seattle, go to Oakland. We're not back at StubHub Center till week eleven. I feel like I, I feel like we just. That. I feel like we just wow. started. Reality. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like we just started the season, week eleven. I'm, what are these six weeks? These next six weeks going to be like for the team? Uh, I imagine it's kind of a, a bonding experience too on the road. Sure. You know, you got a, a big challenge ahead of you, but but one that I'm sure you want to take on head on. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, these road games are a little bit of a bonding experience when you're on the plane for an extended period of time. You're on a bus. Everybody's joking around. Uh, but I think for us, I think our goal is just to keep getting better. I think from week to week, we've continued to get better. We talked about the turnovers and stuff on special teams in different areas uh, that we've had. We've gotten better at those as the year has gone on, and we just want to continue to get better. Then we'll look up in week 11. We'll be undefeated from this point on, and we'll be like, we're a way better team than we were in week five. So I think that's the goal. Continue to bond on the road and stuff, but more importantly, just keep getting better. This was fun, man. Look forward to Thank you. catching up with you in Cleveland and London and uh, getting some more wins. Appreciate you. And that'll do it for this episode of the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. Now, this is a brand new podcast, so we need your help to move this up the charts on Apple Podcasts by giving us a rating and review. Please help spread the word. This podcast posts every Tuesday, and you want to be on the lookout for an all-new Chargers Weekly this Thursday ahead of the Chargers Week 6 matchup against the Cleveland Browns. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday.